0: I feel like you started the best every time. I feel like all I say is All right, welcome <laughs> back to another episode of the Average Professionals. Today we're gonna be uh overviewing another one of my big mistakes from twenty twenty one training year. Yeah. Which is drum roll please.
1: Is that a, uh, uh, uh,
0: running too hard? Yeah. And so, really, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about uh, heart rate training. Yeah. Um, I think this will be a good one because
1: I think the biggest problem most people have is that they run too hard. And right. there's a lot of things that can fix that. Like, if you do have a pace that you're running off of, or if you do know RPE and your body really well, like, those are all indicators. But even with that, like, once you are maybe not so much a beginner and you're more of like intermediate, then that is where I find people run way too hard because it's like they don't understand, you know, they're pushing their body more than they need to.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I think, I think what most people do is cause you hear this all the time from people, which is like, Oh, I felt really good. Mm-hmm. I feel really good. It still feels natural and, and our natural pace like where we would kind of settle in is actually just too hard for an easy long run or foundation run. And it's too slow to give you any real benefit from the high intensity setback spectrum. Mm-hmm. So before last year, yeah, why do you say you were running too hard? Okay. So last year I did an 80-20 program as I'm doing now. Um, I did uh, a running pace program. So, huh. w- <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't gathered, you know, there's a couple things that Isaac said I should have been doing last year. Huh that I, you know, fought tooth and nail on huh. that I'm now doing this year. And he's just sitting here basking in the glory. There's a few, there's a few. <laughs> there's a, yes, I got to do it while I can. Cause there's so many things that I get wrong. <laughs> so I had a, a running pace program, um, which it's, it's based off of the same idea, right? So it's okay. This is your 5k, right? This is your 5k time and it's a true kind of test. And then based off of that time, you get kind of like your lactic threshold and that generates your zones, right? And so you would still have pace zones, um, but it's just that, you know, typically you're then focused very much on pace and, uh, and you're not really looking at heart rate. And, 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 and it's, well, for me, it was easily justified that, no, 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 I'm staying within my pace zones, but I would creep, yeah, right? I would creep to kind of the top end of the zone. And then sometimes if I was feeling good, Right, Um, I would I would creep into zone X or zone three um, on those kind of longer runs where the intent was, you know, building aerobic endurance, building aerobic volume, Um, and then what ended up happening was I'm starting it into like tempo and developing VO2 max um, when the intent wasn't there. And then ultimately, what that does is it really depletes you. So it takes you away from your ability to output in your other workouts. Um, and I really, really felt that last year, and I and I think I told myself I was, you know, in the right place, um, but I was running on that edge too frequently. And I think overall, I still did very well, but mm-hmm. I think I could have done a lot better because um, I do remember some of those runs feeling like, man, I am feeling beat up right now.
1: Yeah, and I know so Matt Fitzgerald, who does the eighty twenty program, and then Nick Bear's coach, and, and I forget his Cunningham, I think is his last name, um, but all these like, you know better running coaches say, you know, you need to run slow to run fast. And, um, what they're talking about is like during your slow runs, you need to actually make sure you're running slow or easy. And they usually refer to running in like zone one or zone two. So then when you do get to your speed work, your intervals, your fart licks, stuff like that, you can actually attack them the way you're supposed to attack them. Whereas if you are doing, you know, 40 or 50 or Whatever 60 minute foundation runs that are supposed to be in zone two, and you're creeping out of zone two, as Luke mentioned, to like zone three or zone X, um, then you're just taking stuff away from tomorrow's interval run, right? And then you're not going to be able to attack the anaerobic system as good as you could have if you would have just been, you know, a bit smarter with your foundation run the day before. And, um, just really quickly, to I know we, we keep on saying like zone one, zone two, heart rate, blah, blah, blah. So it's defined differently by different people. Uh, but a, a pretty good, good rule of thumb is zone, ro- zone one is 50 to 60% of your max heart rate. Zone two is 60 to 70%. Zone three is 70 to 80. Zone four is 80 to 90. And then zone five is 90 to 100. Um, I know Matt Fitzgerald talks about Zone X. I, I think he's really the main guy that does that. Um, but yeah, and then finding your max heart rate, you know, there's like the old 220 minus your age could be like your, you know, your perceived max heart rate. But if you have an Apple Watch or a Whoop or a Garmin, you can look at your historical data and you can see what your max heart rate is off of that. Um, last quick thing I'll say on like smart watches and max heart rate and zone training. What's pretty cool is I know with Garmin and um, the Apple Watch, they'll now give you certain zones and they calculate the zones differently. Garmin gives you more options like you can do it off of threshold, you can do it off of perceived uh, max heart rate, whatever. Apple Watches I'm pretty sure is off of max heart rate as well and just breaks it up into percentages. Um, but what's cool with both of them is it, it won't take like your max heart rate from the past year it'll take it from a designated time. So I think Apple Watches is the past 30 days and it'll spit out a new zone, uh, new potential zones for you um, on like the first of the following month. I'm not sure what it is for Garmin, but uh, it's cool that those tools are kind of built into the majority of smartwatches now.
0: Yeah, I know, so because since I've started running heart rate, because I still have a pace plan. because um, oh, I You don't have a heart rate plan yet? No, I still have a pace plan for running. Because I just do the heart rate on the back end. Yeah. So I know I'm always looking at my heart rate now. So for for zone one, for zone two, for zone X, and for zone three, I will use heart rate for those. Right? So I have the heart rate calculated. So I know the heart rates ahead of time. Um, And then the reason why I will use pace for zone four and zone five is because they're shorter. Yeah one minute intervals, 30 second intervals, 90 second intervals. There's not enough time for your heart rate to like truly capture. So just going off of RPE or going off of pace is going to be a better way to do it. So I just, I have that, that pace in the back, in the back burner, but then yeah, even for zone three, like I've got four, five minute repeats, I'll go off of heart rate for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's long enough. Yeah. Because I think too, it's almost, uh, going off of, and this is just in my opinion, going off of heart rate for short minute sprints, maybe even two minutes. The problem with it is it actually does the flip side of what zone one or zone two would be, which is it requires you to run faster Hmm. to get to that heart rate. So it's like, you know, you're now running way too fast to try to get your heart rate to zone four in the minute and your pace might be like 30 seconds or a minute faster than it should be. And then by the time you get to your third, fourth, fifth interval, you're like, holy shit, I'm running two minutes slower than I was in my first one. And my heart rate is not even in zone four. Now it's in zone five. Right. Um, so it's like, it's, it's, it, there's no perfect system, but I, I like to do it that way as well, where, you know, zone one, zone two, zone three training for the most part. Anytime I go into
0: zone four, or zone five, like short intervals, then I'll use pacing or RP. Yeah, I like that. I like that switch. I think that was like when I was reading his book, Matt Farrell's, Fitzgerald's book around zone training, that was like the big switch for me. Cause I think that was my intent before with pace. It's like, and you probably like, there's probably a lot of people maybe listening to this, think this, which is, well, we don't race at heart rate. There's no, you know, there's no, yeah. there's no award for lowest heart rate or highest heart rate. Um, it's just like, it's time it's all based off of time. Right. And so you think, well, why wouldn't I train based off of time? So I kind of had that mindset. Um, and then when I kind of started reading the book and it was like, oh, we, we want to kind of actually use everything. We want to use everything at our disposal to allow us to be like the best that we can be and train most optimally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, heart rate really, really great for for zone one and zone two and zone three. But like so like RP is also really good. Yeah. Because we've talked about like, yeah, I might have a specific heart rate. But if I go out there and my RP is like tense, maybe I just like I'm, I'm sick or a, a host of things are happening in my body. I might be like, hey, I'm really going to stay on the bottom end of this zone two right now. Um, and then, yeah, and then use really utilizing pace for, you know, zone four and zone five and then thinking, okay, if I'm on a hill, you know, what am I running at? Yeah. And then being like, actually, I'm just going to use RPE for hill because yes. it's different. I'm going up um, and there's a lot of different factors. And so just kind of using rate of perceived exertion, which is RPE, um, your heart rate your, and your pacing just to kind of dial in what is optimal, what is optimal for you. What I was going to say around Garmin, which is I really like uh, since I started reading heart rate monitor is when I'm doing like zone three runs, it will pop out a new lactate threshold because I do lactate threshold for uh, to generate my zones because that's how yep. Fitzgerald does it. And so, yeah, I'll be running. I'll finish the session and it will be like accept new threshold pace and new threshold heart rate. Wait. So does it spit out every time? When does it do that? Because I typically th- with zone. So I bet you what will happen is I'll do this zone three interval and it will be after
1: because I notice sometimes I'll be running and then all of a sudden, yeah, like after my run, I'll be like, oh, except new threshold rate. And I'm like, oh, like I just thought it was
0: random. No, I think it's, I think it's when, yeah, I think it's when you're pushing into that realm. Gotcha. So when you're in that kind of like, you know, zone three, zone X plus or probably zone three plus, um, the, the, there's probably, I, I, listen, I don't know the science behind yeah, it. There's yeah, probably yeah. sufficient data for it to say, okay, this is kind of where you're at right now. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. And, uh, and then really beneficial because, you know, just like, so I test swimming as an example for, I don't go off of heart rate for swimming, um, but I go off of, you know, pace and RPE, um, obviously swimming's different. We can't be like checking our heart rate monitor as we're in the water. Um, but like, I'll do a test every three weeks to, you know, revalidate the, the, my pace zones. And I mean, that's, I think important for swimming because. Technique is so important and and you, you, I mean, especially if you're newer, like you change Mm -hmm. your abilities, change like every three weeks. It's crazy. Like how I'll continually see my times go down and and my abilities improve. Um, and I won't test running as much. I won't have that like designated test, but it's cool that, you know, in the, in the background, Garmin's just doing that when I'm doing those zone three runs. Um, so I can kind of stay up to date with, uh, with how things are progressing from a heart rate perspective.
1: Yeah. Um, so I thought something that we can kind of jam on to with heart rate. And I think this is where most people struggle, and it's funny. I was just talking to Brooke about this today. It kind of relates to what we're going to talk about, which is, I think the people, I think a lot of people hate heart rate training, or think it's silly, because when they try to do a zone one or a zone two run, it is so much slower than they're used to. So it feels, feels weird. It, it does, and this is where it's like, you need to be disciplined to actually stay in to zone one or zone two. Like it's hard going slow because you're like, well, I'm working out right now. Yeah. And when I work out, I need to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And zone two and zone one aren't always uncomfortable. So is this doing anything? Yeah. So, you know, it's important to know when you're running a marathon or you're doing an Ironman, like we're trying to train our aerobic system, right? That system that's going to go long. We're not training our anaerobic system or the system without oxygen. So If we're going to train our aerobic system to be better, the best zones to train that are zone one and zone two. So that's why it's important that you try to stay disciplined to stay within those zones. so You can actually train the proper energy system that you're trying to work with, right, to run a marathon. So, um, yes, like it does feel slow at first. It might feel silly, but I promise it will start to get faster and faster um, the more you do it.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a, that's the big piece there is as you improve, right. Your yeah. Your zone one and zone two become faster. Yeah. Right. Cause you, you know, you, you actually have the ability to um, recover, stay away from injury, improve your actual um, output uh, with like, with a lower heart rate. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, my zone one and zone two are like much faster than they used to be. Yeah. I think that's another big piece too is like when you're training in a true zone, one zone, two, you've accepted what it feels like to run that slow. So I think there's the benefit there is like you have the ability to train your aerobic system, the ability to, um, you know, for your body to like learn how to like burn fat as a fuel source, uh, the mental discipline that it requires. So I think one of the, you know, Matt Fitzgerald talks about one of the major benefits of running in like zone one zone two is, uh, you you, you have you eventually have to get into like long durations right yeah um versus like this this kind of like quick fix mentality where it's like it's always kind of like oh well all i need to actually is a 30 minute hit mm-hmm. workout yeah if i just go like intervals all the time i'll be good but the reality is, is like we need to be able to actually just train for a long period of time and there's a lot of benefit from that um you know mentally right it's Definitely. just like dealing with like i think the. The challenge from zone two comes when you're running like two or three hours or even, you know, 60 minutes or 90 minutes at that slow pace. Like there's mental discipline that comes from developed from that. Definitely. Right. I know. I know I feel that. So it's like it's like you're not like you're not necessarily physically exhausted, like mentally, like your nervous system becomes taxed because you're like you have to keep up this very cyclical thing for an hour, two hours, three hours. Yeah. Depending on, you know, what you're prepping for. It's not that everyone should just go out there and do a three-hour run, Um, but if you're prepping for a marathon, then yeah, you're eventually going to get there or Ironman or… Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing too, with any sort of long distance and long distance is going to be different for everybody. Like a kilometer might be really long for someone right now and that's okay. Um, But so much of, you know, getting used to these long distances is actually just getting the kilometers on your feet. And by doing zone one, zone two training, it's easy enough where you can get a lot of kilometers on your feet because you're not mentally or physically just like exhausted, like you're doing a HIT style workout, right? Like if you do sprints, you shouldn't be able to do true 90 or 95% sprints for longer than 30 seconds, right? Um, so yes, zone training,
0: super important. Yeah, yeah, really important. How are we doing for time? We're doing, yeah, we have a, we have
1: a crunch. We actually have a limit today because our card is going to be full. <laughs> <laughs> so we have 29 minutes. We have like 10 minutes left. Okay. We're oh, man, we're cruising. There was something else I was going to say. Was there something top of mind for you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's eluded. it's eluded me, but, uh-huh. um, what? well, okay, I think we were talking about, I know, I know I talked about injury. Um, so I think if we'll, we'll go there, my little man will find the other topic. <laughs> so uh, volume training, right? Like I got it. If you want to marath- yeah, run a marathon, yeah. If you want to run a marathon, If you don't want to do an Ironman, if you, this is like any sport, right? But we're obviously focused on endurance here. So we're going to talk about that. You have to do the thing that your sport calls for, right? It's like, if I want to run or if I want to run a marathon, I have to run. There's just no way around it. You just have to get miles. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Like if I have to do an Ironman, like I have to bike and swim and run. And I have to do a lot of those things. There's no shortcuts, to accumulating the, like the volume that is needed in order to do the amount of volume that you need to support those things. Um, zone one, zone two is imperative, Hmm. right? This is where like 80% of your training should be easy. Number one, because then mentally you can take that on. Like you can actually get through a training week, week after week after week, because you're not like destroying your central nervous system by doing, you know, 60 or 80% of your work at high intensity. Um, and then, you know, Two, it's just like you're actually able to get reps, get repetitions in, like you're actually able to run thousands of kilometers, swim hundreds of thousands of kilometers or rather meters, um, bike thousands of kilometers because you're staying away from injury and the majority of your training is, is like low intensity. So you're developing your aerobic system. You're developing the skill necessary, yeah. right, to swim, bike, run, or to run a marathon. Um, and you're doing it in a way that like isn't destroying your life. Right. Like you're not like a miserable person around your family or you're like sacrificing your abilities within your career because like you're so fatigued um, physically and mentally, psychologically from really intensive, um, you know, really intensive training. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just like to stay fresh, to stay away from injury as much as possible. This is where, um, you know, zone one and zone two is imperative to build volume in your training.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in a sense, you know, well, zone one is
1: recovery, right? right? Like that could be recovery. Um, but yeah, like we weren't meant to go a hundred percent or even 80% every single day. You look at even sports, like sports haven't have an off season, right? Is off season. Is that what it is? Off season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even marathon runners, they're not running marathons or iron men running iron every single day or every single weekend, right? Like there, there's your off season, there's your on season. And you know, there's different programs who allow you to do that, but well-built programs will allow you to peak when it, when you need to peak. Right. And so I'm on my week three of my marathon program, my 18 week program. And, um, what's cool is I've, so I've had one day off. Like they had like one rest every day, you, you run every day. Yeah. Um, There's, like, one recovery run. It's usually a Monday. But this past Monday was supposed to be a rest day, but I took it on Saturday instead. Uh, So it's been, like, fairly easy runs the past few days. And uh, today I woke up for the first time in, like, I don't know, nine weeks. And my Garmin watch actually said that I was ready. (laughs) Because I've been, like... 50% 50% before my marathon, I was like two at one point, two yeah. out of a hundred, not out of 10 out of a hundred. <laughs> and then today it's like 75. I'm like, Whoa, yeah. what's going on? It's cause it's like the, you know, the program was built in a way to be like, yeah, there's going to be times where it's like, you know, you're peaking and there's going to be times where we need to let you rest to let your body come back.
0: Yeah. So speaking of volume training, that's pretty high volume. And it's funny. Yeah. I, it's, it's so, it's so interesting. Cause I think, um, A year ago, I would have been like, Oh yeah, no, that's way too much running. Right. But it just it was just ignorance to the the sport, right? Yeah, and And, it's way too
1: much running in zone three, zone four, zone five. Yeah, definitely.
0: And then of course like it also depends on the individual, right? Yeah. I mean if someone's just trying to maybe run that like local five K Yeah, then then probably don't need to run six times a week. So so let's talk about that like really quick. You're doing, you know, six, seven days running. Yeah. Are you doing any two days? No. 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 Okay. So you're doing six, seven days running. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm doing,
1: yes, with strength. With strength, right. Not, but not two runs.
0: You're not doing two You're not elite level runner. No. Yeah. <laughs> Status. No. Okay. But how's that been? Like, how, how does your body feel? F- like, how do you feel
1: physically? How do you feel mentally? Mentally, I'm fine. Yep. Physically, I'm fine as well. Because I'm used to, like, I know we're early into the program, but. Yeah. Like, this is the thing, right, is we've always, we've been around fitness for a very long time. So I'm used to training at a very high intensity and training seven days out of the week isn't abnormal for me. Like right. I've been doing that for quite a long time. So if anything, it's maybe less volume than I'm used to right? because i would be doing a lot of strength training, a lot of hit style workouts that would probably beat me up a lot more than this would, than <laughs> these like longer, slower workouts. So I feel really good, but I, at the same time, I need to go into some of these strength workouts that I'm still doing with different expectations. Like I'm not going to be squatting 350 anymore. I might be squatting. 135. <laughs> it's going to be very different. <laughs> Come
0: on. And that's not even an exaggeration. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's that's it's interesting. I I I've, I've I've had the same kind of realization with with output. It's like what I found over the past year with with triathlon. So um you know doing even when I'm at the height of it and I'm doing three swims, three bikes, three runs. It's like someone would be like, "Oh, that's a ton of volume." It's like, yeah, it is. It's a lot. But it's way easier on my body than when I used to do, let's say like CrossFit style training, like five times per week. Yeah. Like it destroyed me. That stuff, I was constantly injured. Yeah. I constantly had stuff going on in my shoulders and my back. Whereas I find with like the swim bike run is it's just like, I mean, swimming and biking, it's like so low impact Um, and just totally different, you know, um, output or um, effect on the body. And then running, it's just like, again, when you're running with that intent of zone one, zone two, um, cause even though I was running a little bit hard last, last year, like I still, I've still, yeah, I was right. running probably like less hard than I would have if I was just like going out there naturally. Like Definitely. I remember when I was prepping for the first sprint triathlon, I didn't have any direction. I was just going out there doing my own thing, man. I was always going so hard. <laughs> like it was like always a full yeah. out effort and I don't even think it was intentional. Right. But so over time, um, yeah, that's been, it's been a big noticing for me as well. Yeah um so long longevity right so i know because we're if we think about full circle like heart rate is what we initially started talking about heart rate equal equals like staying in the right zone one zone two is like also about like longevity and sustainability like physically feeling good
1: yeah yeah and it's, i don't know i just i'm i am i have geeked out on heart rate for a long time like even when we were at 206 piccadilly yeah i remember that so three years ago. my zone right yeah i would yeah. have one day per week where i would do zone two training and it would be like a 40 minute session and whatever. There'd be spinning and then there'd be running and then there'd be all these different things. And I think you're actually starting to see that more in the functional fitness space. Like I've, I've seen quite a bit of CrossFitters now talk about zone two training. I'm like, oh, that's new over the past year. Yep. Whereas like you and I, when we were growing up in CrossFit, it was like, you go hard. And there was programs. Yeah. I think it's, it's funny how it's evolved. Yes. CrossFit will always be near and dear to my heart. I do love it. But when it first came out, it was like, no, you go short, hard workouts all the time. Constantly varied. That's right. High intensity. Functional movements. Functional movements. Yeah. Whereas. And that was like true every day. Yes. And then I feel like it progressed to, no, 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 there's programs and there's strength stuff where you're only going to do strength stuff some days. And there's going to be some Metcon some days and gymnastics other days. Like there was more of a program to it. It wasn't so sporadic. Yep. And then now it's almost like it's starting to evolve again where it's like, all right, now let's talk about like proper zone training and
0: aerobic training. So it's, it's cool to see how it's evolved. Um, but yeah, ah, I just love it. Yeah. I did a post like an Instagram post and it was like, and I, I wish I almost reworded it. Cause I said, most people train too hard. And we've said that actually it was a podcast that we, that we, that we, yeah. did, I think. Um, and I, th- I think that's true of the people who are like in, running, probably CrossFit and, uh, probably like any kind of like endurance action yeah. sport. So I think, yeah, I, we could probably argue that like the majority of people maybe don't work hard enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I think it's like, to, you know, being mindful of like, um, if we're thinking about the endurance realm, we're getting into running, you're getting into like getting into CrossFit and you're doing metabolic conditioning where it's four time if that's the intent all the time, like you're always thinking full out. That's where I think like most people will work too hard. Definitely. And so that's where I think the emergence of like the zone two training is just, is huge because yeah, weightlifting, metabolic conditioning. I mean, it's all the same, like they different energy system, different intent, but I mean, you still can't like go all out every single day. It's just not sustainable. No. Or it is for someone who doesn't actually know what all out is. Like they can't actually go all out because they're newer to the thing.
1: Yeah. And that's where I think it, it's really tough is when people are new to the world of working out, like easy is actually very hard for people. Because yeah. easy might just be something above walking pace. It might even just be walking. Right. That still might be really difficult, right? That's so, right. Y- yeah. It's, uh, it, 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 heart rate monitors, heart rate tools can be a really good tool and option for people Um, but it's not about just having one it's actually like using it to help you with your training yeah Yeah. Uh, last thing I'll say is if you don't have like an Apple watch or a heart rate monitor because I know there are people out there um, a a way that I've kind of found and obviously it's gonna be different for everybody but for the most part I will remain in zone two if I'm only nasal breathing Mm. so for me if I'm nasal breathing, it is hard for me to get into like zone three, definitely zone four, because that's where it's like, (gasps) like I have a gasp to try to get air in. So if you don't have a heart rate monitor and you still want to try to do some sort of zone two training, just think of like exclusively nasal breathing.
0: Yeah. I saw a good post um, on that, on that point. So nasal breathing, you could also like, it's, can you carry on a conversation? Yeah. Like not a taxed conversation. And if, if you're by yourself, like I've heard, you know, rehearse the anthem or say a blurb that just has you like talk consistently um if you're by yourself the other that i saw that i thought was really good um because i think i think more people just need to run slower in those 80 percent of the runs let's just say you you've done a race uh like a 5k or a 10k i just run about a minute to a minute and a half slower Mm. than that race pace so if your race pace is 430 you know, do your slow runs, um, your long, easy runs that are 80% at like one, uh, five to like six. Yeah. And that will pretty much kind of keep you there. And then you can kind of dial it in with RP. Is this a three or four out of 10? Can I carry on a conversation? Can I nasal breathe? Those are kind of ways that you can, that you can kind of stay in zone two without the, the metric. Yeah. Yeah. And you will get faster. Yep. <laughs> you will get
1: faster over time.
0: Yeah. And just remember, so the other side of this is if you do want to improve your 5k or your 10k, you need to run fast. That's right. Like the, the 20% is very, very important. I actually didn't talk really about the 20% at all. I Maybe mean, it's another podcast cause I know we're on the end here, yeah. but it's like, you need to run actually really fast. You need to train that system, but doing the 80% at slow allows you to actually train that system appropriately. I know we've talked about that, but, um, and if you don't have a race, Right. If you're not, if you're if you're just doing this to develop, you probably just just spend a good amount of time in in zone two, and you're gonna be fine. But if you have a if you have a PB that you want to set, like you gotta run fast. There's no way around it. Yeah, it's not all easy all day. <laughs> easy all day. Yeah. No. No. Cool, man. That was great. Cool. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.